500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you g'day everybody and for those who have come in late you're listening to the 150th episode of X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. It's not actually the 150th recorded. Uh, it's probably about the 160-odd, but it's the 150th in number. Now, my name is Jermaine, and today I am joined by the, uh, the, my two regular uh, buddies, in Dan and Stephen. How are you two going? Yeah, very good, Jermaine. Um, pleased to be here, pleased to be talking pan- uh, Phantom and... Um Taking mind off uh, other things, um, we all know that there's a lot of serious stuff going on in the world. We're all pretty happy to take a, an hour or so out today and um, stop thinking about all that. And so, uh, yeah, pleased to be here talking Phantom. Yeah, definitely. And shocked that we have got to 150 so quickly. Feels <laughs> like just yesterday we were working on the uh, the hundredth episode. Yeah, you're still having nightmares about that uh, radio play. <laughs> yeah, the editing on that. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so are you still uh, neck deep in all of the stuff at school and everything? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair to say that it's not really an, uh, a school holiday as it, as it might have been in other years. <laughs> but I'm Fine. sure that's pretty much the case for everyone all over. So Yeah. And Stephen, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just, um, I'm looking at this screen and, and I was a little bit, I was having a little chuckle to myself when you're saying, just going to be talking fan for the next hour. Like we do two <laughs> hours easy with three of us. And uh, <laughs> the screen in front of us, we could be up for a little bit more. We're going to have to... <laughs> Have a tight rein on this, I think, fellas. Yeah, no, it will be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to tonight, guys. Um, so for those who don't know, we're doing, to celebrate our 150th, we're doing a Patreon phone-in special. Now, as we we love our Patreons, our Patreons are very, very special to us. Um, so we've gotten them in to help us with our 150th episode. So at the end of every podcast, we thank our Patreons and let people know how they can sign up to be a Patreon. And we always try and give incentives to our Patreons, such as the Phantom Preservation Project uh, and other things as well, which, uh, which we'll be announcing soon as well. So because without our Patreons, none of this would be possible. So today in episode 150, we are throwing the lines open to our Patreons. So basically what's going to happen is if you ever listen to Talkback Radio, they're going to have questions. They're going to ask them, our Patreons, we've got 13, no, 12 of them on the phones or on the line already. They're going to give us a question and then the three of us are going to try and answer it and then we're going to open the lines to them and that's where it's going to be interesting is to let them have a bit of a go uh, answering some of the questions as well. So if you've ever been like myself, and I know Dan has told this story as well, that even today I listen to the podcast and I start telling myself and my other colleagues what they should be saying or what I agree with and don't agree with. And I'm sure all our listeners are very much the same. I see Chris uh, doing an amen in there in the background, so I know he does as well. So this is your chance to do that. So now we have a couple of um, Patreons. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to them first let them introduce themselves. We are, they're going to say their name, 
where they're from and how long they've been a fan for. Uh, so let's let the madness start. <laughs> well, how about how about if I because I've got the gallery view uh, behind the scenes. If you if you haven't if you're not on this, I've got the gallery view and Jermaine's recording the um, the speaker view. Um, so if I direct traffic, I can keep track of everybody. Okay. Yep. Everybody, that's right. So it, it's absolutely glorious to see uh, so many phantom backgrounds, people sitting in their skull caves or with their um, artwork behind them or whatever, um, and so many phantom T-shirts. Guys, can I get you all just uh, display whichever phantom T-shirt you're wearing at the moment? The at least three, four happy phantom shirts, Phantom Club of Australia, um, I don't even know what that one is, Gary. We'll, um, we'll come back to you. Um, anyway, so let's go around and introduce ourselves. Um, Bradley and Joyful, our first uh, double double team. How are you guys? Well, you've just taken our thunder because everyone knows our name now. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to introduce ourselves. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how am I supposed to ask you to introduce yourself if I can't use your names? Well, I'm Bradley. That's Joyful. Joyful's a good-looking one. And do we... Now, where do we live? Jindra. So, and we're in Jindra, New South Wales, and we say hello to everyone. Yes, all around, wherever you are. Good on you, guys. And how long have you been fans for? Joy um, has been a fan for 20-odd years, because I put it in the prenups. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as was the colour purple, and she used... To Barry Carlton, but I'm not allowed to tell anyone that. And she's also now a diehard Richmond fan. <laughs> and, and and how long have you been a, a fan, Brad? Oh no, nah, my dad used to read the fan comics, mate. So for a long, long time, but probably the mid '90s is when I started collecting a few more bits and pieces. Very cool, very cool. Thank you. That's All right. And thank you for your support. We'll keep moving because um, we've got heaps to get through. Um, Sean, a um, little bit about yourself and your history with the Phantom, mate. Yeah, so I'm from uh, Sunbury, Victoria. I've been a fan. I've been collecting since the early 90s. Uh, so it's a bit over 25 years. Um, that's about it. Well, <laughs> Thanks, Sean, and, um, and and regular listeners will remember Sean's um, summary of the Adelaide Supernova for us um, yes. back in, I can't remember now, November uh, last year. Um, all right, good on you, Sean. Thank you very much. Um, let's let's go overseas. Mikael. Hello, Mikael from Sweden. I've been uh, collecting since 97, so right after all the fun stuff happened, I started collecting. <laughs> So, fun to find all those treasure troves. And uh, I've been in the episodes earlier. Yes, absolutely. Regular regular listeners will know Mikkel from his reviews of the uh, the, the Swedish comics and, of course, um, the Phantom Card Game, which is the Kickstarter starting um, in two or three weeks um, by the time mm. people are listening to this. And, and we're going get... to... Sorry? So, should we get um, Mikkel just to talk briefly about the uh, Patreon only? Special while we've got some Patreons on, you reckon? If you're happy to do that, Mikkel? Yeah, sure. So I don't have a card here since uh, my printer didn't do it. So it's away in Australia. But it's all the patrons going to get a promotional card uh, that's going to look like uh, the theme of the rest of the game. And you can play it in the game, but it's unique. You won't get it if you buy the game or anywhere else. It's only to Patreons through Chronicle Chambers, and it's the card is called Chronicle Chamber, and uh, yeah, I hope you will get them soon, uh, at least before the Kickstarter. 
Yes. Looking forward to that. So good on you, Mikel, and, and thank you for everything that you've contributed to uh, the podcast and the website over the last couple of years. Um, someone else we've already spoken to on the podcast a while back produced his own book all about rings, Gary Horn. How are you, Gary? Not too bad, thanks. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, mate. Hello? So a little bit about yourself, where are you from, and um, how long have you been a fan? Uh, um, about 30 years. I'm sorry, my voice has gone a bit funny. Um, I'm in Brisbane, Australia. Um, yeah, <laughs> looking for a job. <laughs> yes, and uh, by the sound of it, it's probably just for the best that we're all in the Zoom meeting and uh, not within a meter and a half of you, mate. <laughs> all right, uh, thanks, Gary. Okay. Um, let, uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this square and I'll come back and I'll explain why in a moment. Um, but I'll come back. Uh, next one is John. Um, how are you, John? Yeah, good day, Dan. Good, thanks, mate. Uh, John Cooks, and I'm in Rockhampton, up in uh, Central Queensland. And uh, I've been a fan since the early 80s and probably collecting seriously since the early 90s. Very good. And, and John has also been on the podcast before, um, talking about experiences of... Um, weren't you on the, the podcast where we talked about what you might do with your collection? Um, big, big collective, John. And so you were on that uh, chat we had about... Um, if you die. Yeah, what, what you were going to do with your... Suddenly become a lot more real. <laughs> So that podcast, oh, I've got the list of podcasts, so, um, oh, crikey. The Collection That Does Not Die, which is episode 75. There you go. Half of our podcasts to go, John. So still still with us and, and pleased to have you. Um, let's move on. Chris um, is the next one I can see. Chris, how are you? Yeah, good, everybody. Um, I'm in, also in Brisbane, uh, Queensland, Australia. And Gary lives just over there from me, not too far away. Uh, and I've been uh, collecting for over 40 years. Still love it. Very good. And I think, um, Chris, probably the first podcast you were on was probably with Gary, actually, as the three of us walked around the Phantom Art Show in Toowoomba, and I got you guys to um, give us some reflections on the art show then. So that was, what, three years ago now? Yeah. Um, so pleased to, pleased to have you still part of the team. You know what? I reckon they might even be on an earlier podcast, which was back in 2014 when we did the Enter the Phantom Exhibition wrap-up. Oh, yes, probably. Yes, and that was Bradley and Joyful's uh, Phantom Exhibition. Yeah. So that was episode 7A. There you go. That is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the next uh, the next lad I'm going to talk to is going to have to take his microphone off mute, Duncan, um, to fill us in on... Uh, how are you, Duncan? Um, Well-known a bit amongst all, all the Phantom people. Uh, thanks for having me, gang, and uh, thanks for letting me join the group, everyone else. Uh, my name's Duncan Munro, and I'm uh, joining you tonight from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Very and good. I've been collecting for 30-something, 30, 30 years. Yeah, we, we all seem to be about that time frame. Um, Duncan also featured heavily in our 100th, 100th episode of the podcast. He was the voice of the Phantom in the, uh, the radio play we created. So mm. uh, really appreciated you doing that for us, Duncan. I appreciated you spending probably seven weeks uh, splicing all that together. <laughs> yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's go to someone else who's got their microphone on mute at the moment. Swaroop um, has been on a. We interviewed Swaroop um, not many podcasts ago, um, and and he's joined us for this Patreon chat. How are you, Swaroop? 
Hi, Dan. I'm good. Hi, everyone. I think I'm interacting with most of you for the first time. Some of you I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have interacted on uh, Facebook either before. So nice uh, meeting you all. I've been a fan almost forever. Uh, uh, probably uh, ever since I could read. But I started collecting about somewhere between uh, 11 and 15 years ago. I took a break in between and then again resumed about 11 years ago. I live in Bangalore, uh, India. Hmm. Excellent. So, so more international content and flavour for the for the podcast, which is great. Thank you very much, Swaru. Um, Michael, uh, Michael um, is joining us as well. How are you, Michael? Well, I'm well, thank you. Uh, so, my name's Michael Kavanagh, and I'm Sydney, Australia. And I mean, I've been reading fan of comics since I was a kid, you know, because I'm on the show bag. But I've been collecting them regularly since about the early '80s, so almost 40, 40 years. So. But yeah, so I've got quite a, quite a collection at home here. Awesome, awesome. Um, very much appreciate you joining us, Michael. This is the first time I've seen, or we've we've seen each other face to face, and um, fantastic to meet you tonight. Um, thank, thank you for all of your support. Um, let's keep moving. Paul Maloney, how are you, Paul? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dan. How you doing? Um, yeah, I'm Paul Maloney. I'm based in Mirraburra in Queensland, uh, and been collecting for mm, somewhere between twenty five and thirty years, which appears to be the glory period <laughs> he does <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um that's a, there's a common theme coming through um <laughs> let's flip to the other side of the country callum markin how are you callum hi guys um I'm good yeah, callum markin i live in wa up in the hills uh i've been collecting since seriously uh say late 80s early 90s only as a wee tacker uh, my mum got me into it actually and uh, been here ever since. Very good. Good on you, Callum. Thanks very much. And uh, thank you for all your support over the years. And uh, now we're going to go back to that screen that I missed, uh, skipped over before, because I wanted to save it for last. Um, this is someone who was in episode one of the podcast, joined us again for episode 50 of the podcast, sent a message for episode 100 of the podcast, um, began the podcast. And, and without his work, none of this would be happening. Right. Um, we're really excited that Joe... Um, has been able to join us all the way from um, from the UK. G'day, Joe. G'day. How are you, fellas? It's been a while. How are you, mate? You doing well over there? Yeah, doing pretty well. Just, you know, um, cooped up at home instead of going out to work. So, not that I'm complaining. It's nice. It's actually <laughs> sunny here for a change. Oh, wow. I have heard that. And uh, and just to get the, the formalities out of the road, so you're in London, I think, are you, Joe? Uh, no, I'm about two hours out of London, um, a place called Portsmouth, which depending on which continuity you uh, read is where the first fan was from. Um, <laughs> well, his father, I think, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm in a place called Portsmouth. Originally, I'm from New South Wales, though, back home in Australia. And I've been collecting again for about 30 years. Excellent. And um, and on behalf of all of us, just to make sure that we don't forget, um, thank you so much for, for starting this podcast uh, five years ago or so, whatever it, whatever it was, and uh, kickstarting us all on this journey and um, giving us lots of opportunity to, to talk to fandom creators from all over the world and, and listen to um, insights of, um, you know, the way that they've approached the character and, and talk to other collectors and basically create this whole community. So thank you very much, Joe. Oh, it's my pleasure, mate. I um, honestly did not think it would last, you know, more than a year, let alone, what is it now, almost 12 or something, 13 yeah. maybe. So, yeah, I'm amazed that it's 
taken off and grown into its own thing. So thank you guys for keeping it going after I left the country. <laughs> Our pleasure. Very good. You've gained a bit of a pommy accent, I reckon, Joe. Oh, you reckon my um, wife, who is English, reckons I haven't lost my uh, Australian accent. And my sister, when I visited last year, she kept having me say things like Harry Potter to try and <laughs> find the Englishness in there. But you're the first person that's, that said I've actually got it. So maybe it's slowly coming in. Mm. So do you still read the Phantom and stuff over there? I do. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a fair gap between when I read it because... Um, my parents still being obviously in Australia, I have all through stuff sent to them. So the shipping doesn't cost a fortune. Uh, so at the end of every year or um, whenever they visit or I visit them, I get a big chunk of, of Fanon comics to read. Uh, unfortunately, because of what's happening in the world at the moment, I haven't been able to get my comics from last year. Uh, I was supposed to visit them. Actually, I would have been coming back yesterday on the plane if COVID-19 hadn't happened. So... Mm. When I'm going to get the next lot, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I try and keep reading as much as I can. Awesome. Mm. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you joining us. So no that worries. means we've got, um, we've got people from Sweden, we've got people from the UK, we've got people from India as well as um, uh, covering all points of the compass in Australia as well. So um, it's, it's funny, isn't it, that uh, all of a sudden um, I, I asked just in the, in the pre-show chat how many people were using zoom for the first time or had used zoom for the first time in the last fortnight or so and it's most of us um it's it's <laughs> bizarre that um what we've been doing on the podcast for the last six months or so with zoom has um suddenly we look like experts because we've been using it for six months <laughs> and suddenly everything that's on the tv looks like it's podcast and youtube quality so yes. um really enjoying the world catching up to chronicle chamber <laughs> <laughs> chronicle chamber is leading the way it's a yeah. world leader <laughs> In mass communication. <laughs> bit more advanced than jungle drums, though, eh? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> all right, so that's all the introductions out of the way, Jermaine. Let's um, get on with the show. Yeah, I'm going to hand the next part over to Stephen. Okay, so um, was mentioned earlier. Hang on, I've got to try and get my um, the run sheet going and still see you guys and try and communicate. Um, so... There's a number of topics that have been that have been put forward. Um, after the Bushfire Appeal book, have you gotten an urge to make more licensed products? What would be the dream Phantom-related thing to produce? And what would be the... And we'll see what the follow-up question is after that. Um, so, fellas, um, we have discussed the, um, the, the book and how excited we were to actually get it licensed. Um, have we got the um, the itch to to do an, another one? And what and what what could we do as a as a Chronicle Chamber licensed product? What do you reckon, Jim? Um, definitely yeah, still got before. The itch. I better throw to you first. Thing is, I crack at you. Thanks, mate. Um, no, definitely still got the itch. Um, There's a cream for that. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> there it is. But no, um, the Phantom book was it was one of my lifetime goals to create something licensed for the Phantom. Um, still would like to do it again. Whether it happens, don't know. We were looking at doing more stuff related to the, uh, the Bushfire book, but with the current crisis and stuff like that, it didn't really pan out. Maybe in the future, but probably not. Um, I guess 
I wouldn't mind doing some more stuff like what we did with um, Sal Valuto, where like they get stuff and then we help them distribute. That was kind of cool as well. I didn't mind that. But um, yeah, I would like to see some more stuff. Um, as a completist, of course, I would, and as an addict, I would like to see more. All right, Dan, what, what's something else that you think Chronicle Chamber could produce? Well, despite the, the valiant efforts of all of our Patreons who have joined us tonight, um, we, we're not swimming in cash. Uh, so, so buying licenses for things is not cheap uh, for King Features. And um, so personally, I think we probably still need to, to work with the license that we've got and, and look at this bushfire appeal book and what can we do more with it. And Jermaine's absolutely right. The, the COVID crisis has um, put a big stop to that. But, you know, we've only got 35 books left, so they're just about sold out. Um, mm. A couple of the people who, who I'm looking at now did, did express interest in a hardcover um, version of the book, so maybe that, that's something we could do. Um, maybe for the anniversary next year, things, things will have calmed down in the, the health world, I hope, and maybe for the anniversary of the bushfires or something, we could look at bringing out those sticker sheets or whatever else that we talked about with those same images because they are covered by the licence and, and any print material is. So um, so I think there's probably a, a little bit more we can do with that. In terms of um, other licensed stuff, look, the dream would be to produce... I'd love to, to do what the Phantom Club of Australia, Hendo's Phantom Club, did and be able to produce shirts and stickers and all that sort of stuff and all have them have, have them licensed, but it's the, the cost is fairly prohibitive. And again, there's a few people who I'm looking at who have also produced um, licensed stuff and, and know that the, the King Features do get their, do get their piece of the pie. Um, and I'm seeing some nodding. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, uh, we did look into licensed Chronicle Chamber merch at one point and talk to Merchant Wise and to King Features about it. And it was just, the, the cost was too prohibitive. So um, if we were able to, ever able to, to get to that point, we could do it. I'd love to do that. But um, in the meantime, um, yeah, I'd probably, as I say, at some point be revisiting the Bushfire book and, and be looking to, um, you know, increase the amount of donations we've been able to um, supply to Red Cross in that, in that sense. Excellent. Thanks, um, Dan. Now, opening it up to the patrons, um, what would you like to, what do any of you have anything that you'd like Chronicle Chamber to produce? You can throw up your hand or just call out your name and, and we'll throw to you that way. Or if you've got nothing to say, don't say anything. And we'll yeah, don't on. stress about it because we do still have that cricket um, um, sound effect that we can use if, if we need to. Yes, Joe. Um, if you wanted to do your T-shirts and stuff, I'm pretty sure the word Chronicle Chamber isn't copyrighted and I'm pretty sure just a regular everyday skull that may or may not be the Phantoms isn't copyrighted, so you could always do something like that. I'd buy one. <laughs> a skull on a book just to add the extra yeah, yeah see exactly. how far we can take it yeah yeah the the trick then is to not tell them that you're doing it because um in conversations of course i did broach those sorts of areas and um the the line was that any fruit of leaf Hawk's pen um belongs to king features and uh, they would argue that the Chronicle Chamber is a is from the Skull Cave and the the Skull. Yeah, so you would have to be very careful about it, not tell them. But <laughs> and none of you can tell them either. If you're listening at home or whatever, shush. Yes. <laughs> and we have done some stickers and shirts. I've seen there's a handful of users who are wearing the shirts at the moment. We have we have done those. What was it about two years ago? No, was it last year? Last year. 
Yeah, last year. And they were, they were quite popular, so um, we kind of snuck those under the... Uh, <laughs> without them knowing about it, so... You know, that, Until that now when they listen option. to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they listen to the podcast now that after we've done the, done the uh, book. I don't know. We'll, we'll see when, uh, if we get an email from them about what you said <laughs> on, the, on the podcast and then we'll know they listen to us. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's always those options. But, yeah, maybe the anniversary is not a bad idea as well. Anyone else got any ideas? Or things that they would like to see produced, whether it's us or through or anyone else like that. Yes. Callum. We've got down. Callum from WA. Hey, on the guys. line. Um, <laughs> thanks, first phone call. Long time listener. Hey, um, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to see a continuation like the, the Johnson price guides, but without the price guide thing, it's just more of a, I don't know, um, Inventory of, of phantom stuff. I think that'd be uh, pretty cool to do. Cool. A lot yeah. of things. They they were really cool and um, like it could yeah. served as a bit of a checklist for for us as collectors, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there was one that was released recently. Oh, when I say recently, it's probably oh, crikey, it'd be a few years ago now. That wasn't Johnson's price guide. It was um a different one, and I think we reviewed it on the on the show. Yeah. That that was just a list of um, fruit comics, really. Yeah. At the end of the day, I actually met that bloke at a, at a book fair. He seemed like a nice fella. There you go, <laughs> Chris. Um, you were also putting your hand yeah, up, Chris. mate. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking um, even having a Chronicle Chamber cap might be pretty cool as well. I yeah. think that's a really good idea, and I can angle it. No, I can't angle it up. But having some sort of headgear would be very good for. Well, for many of us who are in this at the moment, um, and myself included. <laughs> it's, it's almost the people that have still got here. <laughs> in some way more than others. Hey, Bradley. Perhaps. Um, would you prefer it like a peak cap or a bucket style? What, what, what type of hat are you looking at? Oh, bowler hat. A normal cap would be fine. <laughs> Just not yet. Who said bowler cap? Sean, you had your hand up as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty keen on a cap, obviously, as well. I have many. Um, <laughs> but there's nothing more Aussie than a stubby holder. Yeah. yeah. E easy, easy to do. Is there, anyone, logo? is there anyone holding a, stub a fandom stubby holder right now? Jermaine's just waving one around. I got mine. Who else has got one? I know Brad's probably got one. Mine's in the cabinet. A few people ducking around. There you go. Bradley's been able to reach over and grab one. Over it. I've got quite a few. <laughs> Michael and Duncan have both disappeared off screen, presumably to go and get theirs. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, they there's walk. Michael with his. Yeah. Stubby holders walk, so everyone always needs more. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the hats and the stubby holders were, I think they were the two that we were thinking about. Oh, that's year. a nice one, Duncan. Um, so I think that might be so there's definitely interest in those ones very cool Duncan's just shown his as well so yeah, um, for those of you listening on the audio rather than the video was that the is that the legacy and the law image yeah Moonstone Moonstone yep so I'm yep. getting a nod yeah I think I've got that one as well somewhere I'd be surprised if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, anyone else got any ideas 
No? No. Now, do you mind if I keep going yep. and we'll write it out? Yeah. Um, cool. That's a good way to open up and a few people have had a bit of a chat. Now, looking at all these screens, a lot of people are in their phantom rooms or in front of their phantom collections. Um, now, this question came from Chris. Um, would you like, do you remember what your question, question was, Chris? Would you like to say it or um, yeah. you want me to just go for it? Yeah. Um, I was just wondering what people had as perhaps their top three items that they've been chasing um, as collectors. Uh, for me, the top three that I took a long time to get was uh, Phantom Crew number one, the Sirocco statues and the rubber ring. So uh, I completed that set uh, about two years, uh, just over a year ago, but it took me 40 years to chase the top three that I was after. So, Chris, does that mean that you're now completely satisfied and have stopped <laughs> hunting things? Uh, I was satisfied for a little while, but no, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, when can you stop? Yeah. No, I'm always looking, anything I don't have, I'm interested in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they were, they were specific items that, for me, summed up, uh, I guess they were just uh, the goals that I had to, to make me feel uh, uh, happy. That, that was uh, an achievement to, to get there. Yeah, so there's, there's certain... What other people might have as, as their top three and have they succeeded in getting it. So are you interested in what, what people had as a, as a grail item and then found or what we're still chasing? doesn't matter it's just a, a topic for conversation yeah fair enough fair enough well i was i was absolutely thrilled when i was able to pick up a piece of cyberry art i got a page from um uh well i've got three sunday pages from from cyberry now and i need to stop um i'm not i'm not jamie diaz um <laughs> Um, that that will that will do me. Um, I, a grail item for me would obviously be uh, <coughs> either Wilson McCoy or Ray Moore original art. I think um, either of those would be would be fantastic. What about you, um, Jim? What what are some things that you'll be chasing? Um, so probably still the South African comic. That's one that I'm still chasing. Like one of the grow. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know, Chris. He grins from Chris there. Yeah. They're pretty easy to find, aren't they, Chris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, lost my train of thought. Um, so that's probably top. Um, the other ones that I've got would be probably a Sirocco and a Graham Nolan Sunday. Um, they'll be probably... So they're, they're probably my top three. Um and I've got kind of like two of them. And then to, to complete the collection of a Phantom comic from every country would be the South African. Very good. Um, well, for myself, um, I'm still working on getting the, I know all of you guys are probably all, all sorted, but I'm still just missing a couple, I reckon I'm still just missing a couple of comics from a thousand to, to present. Um, so I'll pick those couple up and that'll be all right. I'd love to get number one. That'll be great. Um, as would the as would the Sirocco, but um, I don't know. We will keep on searching and, and see how we go. Um, Bradley, um, you, you're waving your arms madly. What, well, after there, this plate here, um, I was lucky enough to get on our honeymoon twenty odd years ago, 
years ago. Well, just over 20 years ago. And not once, but three times did Joy have to leave the shop and go back and put money in the parking meter so I could get this plate. So, <laughs> so the very, this is probably because of that. I knew I had a keeper then, 20 years ago. Well, probably before that. <laughs> so that's a, that's a Monkeys of Melbourne um, plate with the classic um, crossed arms pose. And, well, that way, sorry. Oh, I thought that was the that was the, the rare one that where it was painted on the side. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. well, this is the very rare one. That's just that's the one that got that's the, the standard one there. Yeah. <laughs> she said she she said she was going to the parking meter, Bradley. She was going to check the annulment uh, rules in the legislation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a prenup. Joy keeps denying that there was ever a prenup, but I can tell you there bloody was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, the Sirocco, of course, which I have paid for but haven't gone to pick up. Um, and that was a little while while ago. And the first statue of the first phantom that um, Glenn Ford did, I was, mm. I was wrapped when I got one of those for a birthday present. Yes, from who? <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're probably my three. Anyone else um, want to share their three? Well, what would be I'm three just... grail items that you've chased and found or whatever? Callum, you, you were first. Yeah, it's more um, it's more the chase, but um, I'm looking at three monkey Toby mugs at the moment and all three of them are different. I've got the solid black one, a light purple one, and then a darker purple one. And I literally fell us backwards into collecting those. Uh, one of them was going to be a, a pot plant if it wasn't picked up. Wow. Good work on saving Um, it. Yeah. It's just little things like that, I think, is, um, yeah, that's the spark for me. Yeah. Yeah, You just fall into these things. You come across them, you go, that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. And Duncan, you were waving your arm there? I was just going to say that, uh, I'm I'm adding to my grail list as a look in the background of everybody's screens at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a list. <laughs> now, uh, Mikhail, in the pre-chat before everyone came in, there was something that was in your back, the background of your little area here, that um, Germ took a liking to. Would you? There's two things actually. Uh, this one, just two. Oh. oh yeah, there's that one too. I was actually thinking the mask, but yep, that one. So, oh yeah, this is the the what what did I call it? That they send out to the toy stores with like information about the media release of the earth. Yeah, and uh, I mean this mask I bought from eBay, <coughs> licensed. Awesome. Do you know the story behind the mask? Not really. John or Paul, I'm assuming you two would know the story behind the mask. No? Paul? Paul? I think it's a um, college or costume mask, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it is. But then I know there's uh, in the Swedish uh, club for, for grown up phantom fans, we, had, we went together to both. Uh, uh, one in rubber that was like they they made it in the 50s and the factory burned down so there's only like 16 of those Swedish masks but this is of course not it but we went together and bought it but uh, we placed it in uh, Bulls headquarters for a for their 
protection for the wild. Oh, wow. That's an awesome story. Yeah, for my gray light right now, I'm not sure I want to say it because then if it turns up on eBay, but I, I guess it won't <laughs> anyway. I, I would love a animation cell of like the 2040 mm. Phantom and mm. uh, the bench of the Earth. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I can see Joe nodding in, in approval on that. Joe, Joe's on record as being a huge 2040 fan. Have you got one yeah, of those cells? A, no, I would love to get um, one of the cells. But um, <clears throat> actually, speaking of 2040, one of my grail items is probably the uh, 2040 press kit, which um, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the <coughs> cover is black and it's all got the Phantom 2040 logo. And then when you open it up on the inside cover, it's all painted with the ghost jungle and it has a whole bunch of you know, information about characters and stuff. Um, I've only ever seen one and it was way too expensive <laughs> for me at the time. Um, but I would love to get that, yeah. Very good. Oh, we've got some movement at the station. What's happening there? Gary's going. Gary's going for a wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has uh, anyone else got any grail items they want to discuss? Oops, Sean? 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 Oh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, so I guess the first piece of my grail item, which I'm unlikely to get, is a piece of Ray Moore art. Mm. Uh, just don't have the dollars. They're too rare. I can wish. Mm. Um, I've got the cover of the second fruit I ever owned, which I'm pretty happy to have, which was a came out of a news, uh, sorry, a Melbourne show, show bag. Um, my first piece of Cyberry strip art, which came from the proposal. I'm pretty happy with that. Mm. And, oh, God, what else? And I've got a, a Antonio Lemos painted cover as well, which I got from Antonio, which I'm also pretty proud of as well. So it tends to be for me stuff that takes me back to when I was collecting early, I guess is the way to put it. Mm. And I think that by the sounds of it, a lot of us, um, certainly the Australian um, contingent here, will all have really fond memories of those um, 1990s uh, fru covers um, because that would be the, the era that most of us sort of uh, fell in love with the character. Yeah. What about over uh, you, Saru? You're just you're, you're being nice and quiet over there. But we've got this well, mainly Australian perspective. What about um, over over your way? Is there anything, any collector items where you are? Yeah, I was I was about to raise my hand um, to speak next. <laughs> see, I, could, so, I could see the look in your eye. <laughs> so I think I mentioned that's great uh, teaching there, Steve. I, I, I think I mentioned two of my grail items to uh, Dan and Jermin, uh, Newton Art and uh, Raymore Art. But number three is the South African comic. So I want Jermin to know that there's going to be immense competition. And, and, and don't for a minute, don't for a minute think that, you know, uh, if Chris ever decides to sell or trade, you'll be the first choice. <laughs> oh no, Chris has already he, said he's that my I'm friend as well. And we are. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have been talking as well. So. <laughs> so Chris, Chris, uh, reading of it. Little do you both know that I was there about 15 years ago putting dibs on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Chris, it sounds like you've got your retirement. Those of us who aren't familiar with, what's so special about this South African comic? Did they only ever produce one, or what's what's a go? With I this just South the German wants it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> 
I, I believe, but yeah, there's not too many known. And again, when I bought it, I did not know it was a South African comic. It was just, you know, a collection that I bought and um, then found out that it was from South Africa. And then obviously through conversation with everybody, we found out that um, yeah, they're not, they're not too, uh, too common. And so you got the-, the normal. If anyone comes to visit me, they, they get the obligatory photo of them with the, with the comic, <laughs> I can send it to Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> Most people on this call have held it except for Jermaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, I never, I never did ask the origin of it. So you genuinely picked it up as just as part of a collection without really knowing what you had? Yeah, just from a, a, a local uh, uh, sale here in Brisbane, just. It was, it was in the paper a long time ago, many, many, many years ago. They were just selling fan collections. So I picked up a couple of things I didn't have, and that was just one of the comics that was in the pile. Wow. Got mm. visited by the fairy. Yeah, the old <laughs> fan fairy. Mm. What did we pay for it again? Oh, about 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we all know that $20 is the number. Magical, <laughs> magical figure that you tell your wife that it would cost. <laughs> Cool. Anyone else got a story? Uh, Michael, do, uh, have you got a top three? Mm, it's really hard to put a put hard to put a number on things. Um, I mean, I've got I've got the the phantom statue that's sort of about that tall, and and I quite quite enjoyed the um, the the ones that I sort of got from the from the from the 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 faffle. Mm. Yeah, especially the the wooden the wooden phantom one, the totem. Yeah, the totem. Yeah, yeah. That that was um pretty cool. I've seen, so I'm trying to think now, Chris. I think I've seen something similar to that in your collection as well. You've got one of the phantom totems um, from the art show or similar. Uh, from the art show, um, I've got the uh, the phantom dumb dumbwaiter. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it's it does look similar to that to the dumbwaiter. Yeah. yeah. Gary Horn. Good idea, those faffles. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> well played, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul wants some praise there, so we better give him some praise <laughs> for coming up with that idea. Paul did <laughs> coin the term faffle um, well well before we made it popular. <laughs> <laughs> you made it popular. <laughs> so, Paul, what, have you got some grails? Grails uh, are yes, uh, with us. Yeah, so my grails have probably changed over the years. Um, initially, it was getting uh, like a, a phantom monkey's bust. Um, once I ticked that off, um, I was pretty happy. Um, then I got introduced to the slippery slope of original art by <laughs> my friend up north in Rockhampton, John. Uh, and then the fun started, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I've been pretty active in the original art space and been lucky enough to score a couple of nice pieces. Um, probably one of my favourite, which I'm lucky enough to be able to put up on a wall, um, is the Doug Kluber original art for his trade first trade paperback um, with the lightning and the skull in the background. Um, so that oh. looks pretty nice on the wall. Um, and then I've also managed to get some Don Newton art over the years as well, which has my favourite. Uh, phantom artist of all time. I'm pretty happy to have tucked away. 
Nice. On my screen, Swaroop's um, box just came over too to sit next to yours now, Paul. I think you <laughs> <laughs> might want to have a chat. <laughs> I'm just liking Gary's position there. He's got the whole, the whole arms crossed. He's got the rule of the jungle pose there. He looks like he's ready there's to no, say something. There's no seats in here. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you must have just about picked up all of your grail items by now. I did. <laughs> I did. All the Sirocco's and the um, um, uh, rubber rubber stamp ring, and um, I've lately been getting a few um, uh, lobby cards from the nineteen forty-three um, from the serial. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretty happy with what I'm getting. <laughs> Slowly. Cool. Is um, are we all still actively collecting in this this year? I suppose, uh, in in, a, in an interesting financial <laughs> time and all the rest of it. Um, just show of hands if you have purchased um, more or uh, still still keeping steady with your collecting this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much everybody. I reckon, I reckon <laughs> a lot we of know us, what's important. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> a lot of us are probably even maybe buying more because there's no Sydney trip to pay for this year. So I reckon for some of us, we may we may be spending more. So no hands up on that one. Oh, well, I'm, <laughs> you're all on that one. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've already started a few commissions. Or <laughs> well. My wife knows how to work YouTube, so I'm not putting my hand up. <laughs> Probably um, have we missed anybody? I've got a feeling that we've... Uh, Duncan and John, I reckon. I thought, I thought we hadn't said uh, Duncan, and I was going to segue into Duncan when they talked about the original art before. So maybe we'll go um, my, my last bit of um, original art that I've got, I've got to thank Duncan for. Um, when he was over overseas mm. last year and at the, at the cons, and he goes, oh, I'm going to see... Um, um, Oh, I've forgotten his name. Mike Manley. Mike Manley. Um, anything you want to say? Oh, yeah. I thought that his um, strip today was fantastic. And it's the one where um, the Phantoms, he's up in the, the trees watching down at the um, the, uh, the Rhodesian trial, trail, what they're doing. I just thought it looked really cool the way that the, the shadow was done in the outline and the, and the leaves on there. Next thing you know, he picked it up for me and... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So there's my first bit of original art um, from a daily strip, and I was really, really happy. And thanks once again, Duncan. And um, so, throwing to you, is there something on your um, growl list that you'd like to like to share, or that you've spent some time getting and you've now got, or whatever, what have you? Well, firstly, you're welcome for uh, finding you some art. It was the least we could do after you tracked down the lightning strikes people from under the desk where they were hiding in Ireland. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> they have gone straight back under the desk. To that probably should They're be a quick. grail item if you've got one of those comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the grail item uh, that I was looking for for a long time was a page of... Uh, Lee Fox, one of Lee Fox's script pages, which I got last year. Uh, and so now on the list would probably be the cover art from my third Phantom comic. 
because that hasn't happened. Because <laughs> you'd like to write a third story? Sure. <laughs> Uh, we haven't seen your second story. We, we should have said that uh, we're in um, published writer territory here with Duncan, who, of course, wrote Hero Complex last year. The the second part to that is coming soon, I understand? Uh, that's the allegation. I have seen uh, samples of Jeff's art. It looks amazing. Uh, and the, the most up-to-date information I've got is the issue that arrived today in the mail in the letters section. Uh, Dudley references it. Uh, he names it the issue by name and says it's coming out around July. Ah. Oh, cool. So it's apparently with King Features to get the art approved. Cool. Looking so you're getting your information nice. via the letters section as well. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Actually, talking about the, the, the letters and um, the, at our last podcast, when, we, when uh, Jermaine and I were um, interviewing Leonard, um, I did a little bit of research or, you know, I read one of his, a couple of his stories before we went. And, um, one of the issues that, um, he, he had written or one of the stories he had written that the issue that it appeared in your mate, Sammy J was, a, was the issue that his letter appeared in. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit and, uh, mm. nothing more of it, but that's about it. John, what about you? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, look, I guess it, um, it's changed a few times over the years. Like initially, I think the big thing was the Sirocco. Like back in the 90s, um, most people, well, before the internet, most people in Australia didn't even really know that those sorts of things existed. And once we sort of got in, and found eBay and, and people like um, Ed Rhodes and Chris Smith and realised there was a whole range of items from the US. I think the Sirocco was probably the big thing. Um, and look, it took me 20 years to actually pick one of those up and it was um, probably the most gratifying piece to find, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, like Paul sort of said, I, I got introduced to art back in... 1997 with some um, Luke McDonald pages and um, just fell in love with it. Like initially I was, I was into comics and, and early throughs and I sort of made a decision then, you know, to, to concentrate more on artwork um, rather than spending, you know, like 50 to 100 bucks on a, on a you know, early throughs sort of thing. So, um, and yeah, like as Paul said again, it's a slippery slope, and and I've never really sort of recovered, to be honest, um, <laughs> from that. So, um, but yeah, I have been fortunate to, um, and, and and the big thing that that I enjoy, I guess, is actually um, making contact. I'm making contact with the artists, and, and sort of, um, you know, back in the nineties and the and the early two thousands, like you, know, you had. Um, internet chat programs like ICQ and and um, then other things sort of come into into place, Messenger and, and, and those sorts of things where, or email of course, um, where you could have conversations, you know, and like I guess the most, um, the one that I sort of um, remember the most um, would have to be Paul Ryan. Um, I sort of first got in, in touch with him, you know, just after he started um, working for Egmont and um, just right from the start, he was just you know, a really lovely bloke, 
engaging, you know, happy to, to talk to fans and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, like over the next 10 years and so, like, um, yeah, we became really sort of good friends and, and, and um, you know, I was buying art from him and, and it was really great to meet him at the, at the dinner there a few years ago with, with Linda and uh, certainly probably one of the highlights of my fandom collecting, I think. Um, and like, like like everyone else, you know, we were all devastated when he passed away. So, mm. but uh, yeah, like meeting those sorts of people, um, chatting to them, like Antonio Limos again, just a lovely, lovely, um, lovely bloke. His his family are beautiful people, um, you know. And, and I guess because of his um, his painting, painted covers and stuff like that, he's probably one of the um, the best known and most loved Australian Phantom artists. So, you know, it's just good to sort of, um, you know, in the 30 years that I've been seriously collecting, like building those relationships and, you know, um, and like, like you guys are doing now with the podcast, you know, just meeting people behind the scenes and, and um, like establishing friendships and those mm. sorts of things. So, um, and also, of course, all, all, the, all the people that I've met, all the collectors that I've met, you know, across Australia and, and uh, yeah, so um, it's going to be a little bit uh, quiet this year. Not going to Sydney and sort of catching up with everyone. Mm. We might have to have a podcast that Friday night so we can just all have a few beers and, and uh, um, talk well, shit. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say that, but then I thought, um, not sure how Grange and Dan will recover the next day. Yeah, but then I, then, then I thought Bradley and Joyful can't go to Richmond, so they'd have to stay here. And... <laughs> so, John, a follow-on question. Um, is it true that you've got probably more of Antonio Lemmer's art than himself, than he does? Yes, it is true, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and who's got more art between um, Paul John and... does. <laughs> 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 when you, you know the questions before they're asked. <laughs> Paul Maloney's killing me. He really he's killing me. <laughs> He'll never admit it though. Healthy competition, my friend. Healthy competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Bloody yeah. Well, I think we've. Yeah. Whoa! Well, hang on, we've got someone else. No, no. There you go, mate. No, I was just in. Oh, I saw someone else coming in Joe's background, actually. Yeah, he's passing through. Ah. Um, so, moving on now, are we? Yep. Yep. Very good. Um, the next question comes from Melbourne. And, Duncan, you're on the line. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, question to put to the group is uh, I want to call it Tribal Council. And I want to ask you if you had the opportunity to be... What, to vote someone the, out? <laughs> to be the owner of... Bradley. Or, <laughs> the, the I second the motion. We just want to keep the cute one, Bradley. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Duncan. He won, Bradley clearly won the immunity challenge. Um, uh, it's, it's if you could be the owner of Fru or Egmont for the day, what would you do? Do you want to tell us what you would do first, Duncan? Well, my thing, uh, which I shared with you, uh, would mainly be uh, to make sure that the, the team is sufficient to do the amount of work that I'm going to give them. 
because as we all know that the guys at Fruit get pushed from pillar to post to get uh, all the stuff done that they produce for us, and it's just incredible the output that they're making with such a small team. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, the, the things I would look at was I really liked the idea of the artist edition uh, of classic stories, which is it's uh, high quality reprints of the original art um, in a larger format and a hardcover with the background of the, the creators at the front and the back and some, some of the layout sketches and everything. So it's a collector's thing. Uh, and so I'd like to see that. Uh, I'd, and I'd probably, I'd um, breathe life into Kid Phantom and, mm. but support it with uh, some digital media uh, so that the kids that it should be targeting have another way of getting into it other than walking past it in a news agent because they might not know what a news agent is. Mm. And... Uh, and I would probably stop doing the replica editions. Yeah, uh, but, but look at um, and look at short version stories to allow through to keep keeping the publications at the same length. I'm making it very through centric, but keep the publication, the books at the same length. Uh, but to be able to have short eight page stories. Um, that aren't connecting, just a short eight-page story that goes at the back of an issue that has come from a, an overseas story and been translated and is too short for the, the 32 or 36-page format. Mm. That's what I do. You kind of boring. By but... yourself to write some mm. more stories? And I'll, obviously, I would uh, make a list of all my favourite artists and assign my scripts to them before uh, <laughs> I went to lunch. Put yourself squarely on the roster. <laughs> before right. lunch, Duncan. Yeah. It's before lunch. After lunch, I, after lunch, I'd be somewhere in the back room just reading through all the back issues. Locking yourself in the vault. That's right. Awesome. Um, I, so I really think... Number 10? Right. Sorry, John. Sorry, I, I, I really um, think that idea about artist editions would be a cracker. Yeah. But I'm just, I just don't know if they'd know where all the art is. That's the, you know, with Glenn... Um, Search for Byron, I think like all those pages are scattered, but uh, yeah, um, the ones that like, the whole way, yeah, yeah, so, like some of the Keith, <laughs> the, the Keith Shadow stuff on that, like it'd just be brilliant, mm. yeah. So, so, you're suggesting more Australian produced stories, Duncan, not not what Hermes have been doing with, with the American stuff. Uh, Hermes is different, that's just uh, high quality prints of. The, the Sundays, like in the in colour. But the artist editions, you'll see Marvel, IDW and DC do them. They're really big. Like they're, they're quite large because they're the original Bristol board size, like that you see that the art get done on. Um, By 17, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, it's got all the markups. It's what went to the before it got coloured and all that sort of stuff. And so it's the original artwork, but they put the balloons over the top of it. So you've got which, the original artist edition, but a story. Which is what's like watching what's what's appeared right. in some of the Hermes and like as an as two or three pages. There's been yeah. that horrible book that just came out. What was it? President Kennedy. Sorry, I shouldn't say that out loud, I just did. Like the, the last like the President Kennedy thing. Like that. Yeah. Yep. It's very similar to that. But it's like, it's a really they're really high quality and they're a real collection. Sorry, someone's audio just went haywire then. Yeah, sorry about that, listeners. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a good idea, Duncan. I hmm. don't disagree. If if they can track the art down, the price point may be a problem for through purchases, but I I agree it'd be a great product. The pr the price point would also be an issue with me being the owner of Fru for the day. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, uh, Dan? What would you do if you were? Uh... Oh, look, I. A day, in the phrasing of the question, the way that I saw it or hear it is what would you do if you were there for a day? Um, I don't know. A day's not long enough to get enough stuff done, really, is it? I, I would probably just spend the whole time um, in the back room um, making sure that my pockets couldn't be padded down and that my luggage was full. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, there's already been a few people that have already um, done that. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Um, I would get rid of the replica. Um, and then, now, when I say get rid of the replica, it kind of makes it sound like that I don't want fork stories. And I love the fork stories. We all do. But I think the replica doesn't do them justice. So I would like to see a more like the um, what happened with the Saiban just recently uh, with the Supernova special back in, was it October or November, where it was coloured, the, the, the reproduction quality was probably the best we've ever seen. Um, so I would like to see the classic stories reprinted like that rather than in a replica thing. So that would be my first thing. I would do um, and then probably another thing would be um, probably to get Dudley and Glenn some help yeah so that would probably be my first two things I would look at doing yeah I'm, I'm gonna stand up for the replica series I don't hate the replica series <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of them if we could fast track them, I suppose. But look, at the end of the day, um, it is, and, and Dudley's told us this, that it's a, um, when, when it's the replica's turn to come out, he's actually pleased because they're easy to produce. They're quick, they're cheap. They've already got everything on file. Um, and they get some classic stories out into the marketplace for people who may not have read them before because, you know, the, the people who are on this call, we've all been collecting for 30, 40 years, but not everybody has. And not everybody has seen all of those stories. And I take your point yeah. that it would be nice if we if they saw them in their original glory and recoloured and all the rest of it. But from a price point point of view and just getting them out there and for people to see, I fell in love with those stories when they were first being printed in the 80s. There's no reason why people can't fall in love with them now. Yeah, I just don't think it does them justice, though. They were good enough for us in the 80s. But see, what, what I think I'd be doing is you could take the same stories that were in those replicas that Jim Shepard spent a lot of time reproducing yeah. in full mm. and just print that version. So we get to see the full version of the story, not some chopped up thing from, yeah. I completely agree. Reprint the stories, but do it in a way that they've done it better. Justice, mm. yeah. Because maybe in the correct order, not yeah. re reverse order, but the actual proper order. Yeah, nice. seeing, that, seeing they've gone away now from replicas with the annual, mm. I, I agree. Mm. It, it, it was always a bizarre decision to do the 200 countdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's Jim Shepard's legacy, the fact that he found the top quality 
versions of all of these stories. In my opinion, it was probably one of his biggest legacies that he left behind because we're seeing it now with Herms. Herms are using the same the same uh, prints that Jim Shepard brought back in the 90s and 2000s. That's what Herms is using now, plus some other stuff, but it's their basis. So, you know, I, I just don't think it's doing the legacy that Jim Shepard left um, justice. Anyone else want to play? Well, I thought I might have thought uh, throwing to Joe. I remember, you know, in Chronicle, when the X-Band started, he was always full of opinions and how things should be done and what he'd like to see. So, Joe, you're in charge of Fru. What do you want to see happen? Um, I'm trying to remember what all my opinions now were. Um, I, wouldn't get rid of, I wouldn't get rid of the replicas um, completely. I'd, I'd probably have two maybe annual, uh, sorry, not annual, quarterly trade paperback collections. So one would be the classics, kind of like Jermaine said, all nice and coloured, but in a trade paperback format. So it's like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something for three or four stories. It'd come out, you know, one month, and then the next month I might have, or two months later, I might have another trade paperback collection of new modern stories, whether that be the ones from Egmont or get someone like Duncan to do some original stuff, some Australian creators. Um, but I do it in the paperback format because they get sold at bookshops, not just comic stores or news agents, and increase the, the market visibility of the fandom because he's still very much, and um, not to insult anyone, but you can sort of tell by looking at the people in this call, if you're under 20, you probably don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless you're one of the lucky people whose parents bought them Kid Phantom. So I think if I was in charge of Fru, my big thing would be to push the visibility of the character into kids who might be, or younger readers, not necessarily kids, but even teenagers who might be getting into comics, whether it's because of the Marvel films mm. or, you know, things like the recent Spider-Man video game or just because they've watched cartoons or it's interesting to them. But just get him out there more so than he already is. Mm. Very good. Very good. Um, and I guess um, from an extension to that, Joe, and I think Swaroop would probably agree, um, there's probably a fair bit to be gained by Fruit trying to get a foothold into that Indian market, yeah. whether it be yeah. getting printed over there and distributed, because um, they're doing all the hard work here, but it's a really small footprint when you compare it to and India or Sweden or Scandinavia. Yeah, I, I remember someone asking, I don't know if it was Duncan or Glenn, um, Dudley, sorry, or Glenn, someone said that they had looked into that, but the problem of distribution was the big thing that was stopping them because it's, you know, obviously India is um, a bit of a distance from, from Australia and Sweden even more so, so to get the stuff <coughs> printed and then shipped over there and all that sort of thing was the, what was holding them back. So they'd have to figure out something around that, but I've no idea what it would be. I think that, that the perfect arrangement would be that they get it actually printed over there yeah. to, to save that yeah. postage cost. Yeah. yeah and, that's it, and it'll be a lower cost over there. What's your opinion, Swaroop? Yeah. I agree, Paul. I think they did try uh, uh, tying up with the distributor. They spoke to two or three. Uh, I, I did help uh, introduce one, one or two of them. That didn't go anywhere on both on financial terms and mostly on financial terms. But then they decided, I think, to print in India, which was a much smarter decision. It can get a wider uh, 
fan base in india because there are a huge number of indian collectors who collect everything indian and when you have a indian cover price that makes it an indian comic for your collectors locally here and that would have been a big thing but i think that didn't go anywhere for some reason uh, i i actually do not know what happened after that they did consider printing in india hmm. so maybe it's just up to you buddy <laughs> well, what, what would you do swoop if you're in charge of of something um uh, i do not know about fru but if i was running king features for a day i would have closed the movie deal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> green light a good script that would be good <laughs> is that duncan putting up his hand to write the script i, I see <laughs> <laughs> uh now someone's been sitting rather quietly for for this whole period of time. Joyful, what would you do if you ran through? <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't know give, if you could do one give. day, as, you know, as as been said before. Um, but um, I, yeah, I actually thought kid fandom was a great thing. I, I think we've got to think about, as you said, the general age. We've got to try for for all these collections to be worth anything. We need to be um, creating or generating interest in the younger generation. Um, and the thing that, that's against it these days is that there are so many, um, so many different characters out there. Like Marvel's huge, but you know there's all these other um, uh, characters that are coming to light that were never so big. It was always, you know, the Phantom always had in the newspaper and was well known. But um, I think. Um, for us to, well, for Bradley with his huge collection here, and, um, and I know he loves collecting and the time spent, and it's the chase, as Callum said. Um, but at the end of the day, it'd be nice if it was worth something down the track that um, you could either pass on or, you know, like, you know. It is to me. <laughs> yeah, after you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I. Like like Joe said, maybe that it's the way of getting into because the younger generation um, uh, look at things differently or how they find their information differently. Maybe we need to look at that to get that interest out there and, and get the the younger ones aware of of Phantom, create that um, that marketing and that interest. Very good. What about you, Bradley? Do you do you uh, agree, or would you do things slightly different? I would be a fool to disagree with my wife. <laughs> that was the correct answer. <laughs> um, I, I just know something that Joy could do if What's she was there for a day. Write yourself a cheque for all the money that Bradley's thrown into it in the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> if I just got a commission, I'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 would, I would love to see the Kid Phantom be sustainable um, because I, I love the series and my grandkids just love the series, the, the comics. And um, I think the trade paperback's a good good idea to get back in the story. And I, I would love to see the story from Duncan and other Aussies and and that sort of thing than just grabbing something from, um, from Egmont and then translating it and whatever. I'd, I would love that. And I don't know how long it takes to write a story. I haven't had a good chat to Duncan about about all of that. Um, I really did like 
hero complex, and I like the little things about throwing Sammy J in and just all those, all the the little plots that go in. Jamie Diaz has, has got his ugly mug in the in the comic book, and um, I reckon those sorts of things are all great. But yeah, I Brew, I think for our benefit, and perhaps from a business point of view, I think that they they. They just tried to put out so many things for us, um, and maybe they just cut back on a couple. I don't mind getting them all. Don't get me wrong, but I think for their health and well-being, um, they perhaps could have just done a little bit less in some with some things um, um, for for their benefit, health-wise, more so than perhaps financially. I don't know, um, but uh, they've done a lot mm. of things tried a lot of things and I I I love Fru, I reckon they do so so much good for us. There'll always be criticisms and what ifs and some you know, why didn't you do this and do that? But I I love Fru mate. So whatever they do I'm happy with. But I would I'm sad that Kid Phantom might not be mm. last. Yeah. It does seem a shame that because you know, I agree, they they needed to consolidate and maybe going to Supernova the last three or four years has, has sort of put some pressure on them to produce the new thing to come out in June and that sort of thing. It is a shame that Kid Phantom has fallen by the wayside in that consolidation um, at the moment. So, Yeah, I love Paul's artwork. Um, every dinner when he does something, I try and get a piece. And hmm. and, and we're, we're trying, because we've got the old skull throne, we're, we're trying to get a commission of most artists um, of the Phantom on the Skull Throne, any era, just A three and and Paul's done that, and I I just yeah, I love his artwork and how he and that and I love how you know um, the stories are going along. I reckon, it's just I just love Kid Phantom. It's just a bloody mm. shame. I, I believe it's a shame. John Cookson because um, he thinks he knows everything um, <laughs> doesn't really. You know, he's not that fussed about the kid fandom, but yeah, but Tom's kids are grown up too. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. just he's just being selfish. Has a story that it is. Sorry, guys. It, it, it is worth saying that Kid Phantom's still there. Like, you can see the work in progress stuff that Paul's doing. He's still producing work for it. So it's coming in some format. I just, yeah. my intention was to say it needs more weight behind it, which I think is what you, you're saying there. And, it, yeah. and like George all said, a way, a way to make it accessible outside a, a print comic book first so that they then discover the comic. Mm. Yeah, and they they did some good work on the website. And initially, there is a, a Kid Phantom website, and there's a, a playable game that um, my son has clocked at least three times. Um, but that that's kind of the point. He's clocked it now. There's not a level two, and there's not um, the the extras that were sort of um, hinted at that were going to come in the website. So that that digital presence is so important, and um, even just the the animation that took so long to um, be available to the public. Um, you know, if they could put some more resources, and, and we all know there's not a lot of resources to put behind all of these things, but if they could have been able to put more resources behind Kid Phantom in that sense, I think I think you're right, Duncan. I think it could have had greater success. And um, I think they the guys really hit a sweet spot with that uh, the the single issue that came out with the annual special. That shorter story yeah. uh, about the bullies. Yeah. Um, 
that's a fantastic product to be able to an entry point for someone who's never read a comic, mm. let alone a fan comic, to get into comics and that character. Yeah, it's a, it's a very well done story and very accessible. Hmm. Awesome. Now, I'm quite interested in hearing from Mikel. Is Mikel still around? I think he's just think left he's just in the last left. thirty <laughs> seconds. Oh, because he's actually from he's actually a Phantom Man reader, and I was interested in hearing. Um, what he would have done <coughs> if he was in charge of... Um, yeah. He, he did tell us at the start that he was on his lunch break over in Sweden. Um, yeah, yeah. And I oh. think I think the lunch bell must have just rung over there because he's <laughs> literally just left. <laughs> Maybe he can do something for another time. Yeah. You, you can ring him after Jermaine and cut and paste it in later. Yeah, Dan's good at cutting and pasting in the middle of stuff. Actually, we are recording a, a bit of a sneak behind the um, behind the scenes. We are recording a podcast with Mikel this weekend, so that might be a very good idea, Duncan. So I will take my commission in the first bit of Chronicle Chamber merchandise that you develop. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone else got any ideas that they would like to see? Yep, Sean. Yeah, just to touch on what a lot of people have been saying, but I think from my point of view, Fru have spread themselves pretty thin over the last few years since they took over. They're really good at getting a comic out every two weeks. They do do that very well. I don't think anyone can, can, can complain about that. No. But taking on Phantom's World, Giant Size, Kid Phantom, all the stuff for the Supernova, et cetera, the... the <coughs> the various other books that have come out. Maybe they would be better off consolidating as they seem to have done. Yeah. But also spending some time marketing what they've got because they're really, really, really bad at it. <laughs> they, they, they threw Kid Phantom out there and sort of abandoned it. There's yeah. nothing behind it to push it. There's nothing to try and connect it with the younger audience. We keep hearing from them about how they don't have time because they're busy, but really every issue that comes out, it's a Facebook post. We all do Facebook posts. It can take a minute, two minutes. Now, Matt Kimes' story when it came out, that was a story that was meant to fit in between two Lee Fork, Ray Moore stories. It was a, a special edition, but there was nothing to promote it. There was nothing to explain it. And it's been the same with several other special issues that have come out even uh, over the last 12 months or so. The, the, the um, I'm not trying to say the the comic, which was the the, the mashup of all the artists. I've forgotten its name. The Jam. Blood Rain. Jam, yeah, Blood Rain. Blood Rain. Now that that was a that should have been a big deal and it should have been promoted, but it wasn't. It just mm. sort of came out, and it's it's been mentioned here a few times as well. It's I just think they could do themselves so much more service by promoting what they're doing, mm. trying to develop their readership rather than trying to come up with much more products. Yeah, um, and that's that's some, that's what I'd be focusing on. Trying to do what they do well, even better, mm. and getting it out to more people. Letting people know that they're doing it well because they, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and maybe someone who's a part-time media manager or a digital yeah. marketing sort of space—that's probably um, something that they would really benefit from. Yeah. And and I mean, give Jim Shepherd some credit. Like he, you know, he didn't have the the same sort of technology available now, but like the, the late '80s and the '90s, like. He did a lot of uh, advertising, you know, at particular news news agencies and point of sales and mm. those sorts of things. I mean, you know, 
just to get the, the, the product out there, the name out there. Yeah. Well, well, yeah bring back those big it. cardboard cutouts. Well, Dan mentioned there was a story on Chronicle Chamber 12 months ago or so about how how many people here come across frues in um, show bags mm. at, at shows. Now, yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. They're gone. So even that is a, and they were issues that had been returned from the news agents mm. that were worthless that we used as promotional material. Yep. So they yep. turned a negative into a positive and developed a readership. All that's gone by the wayside. And, yeah. and I hate to say it, but even having been to Supernova since Fru's been going, who's at the stall all day? Us. Most well, of us. <laughs> we are. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't appear to be that, you know, they're there and they're selling stuff, but they're selling it to the same target mm. audience. They're not expanding that market. That's what I'll yeah. be focusing on. Especially if Bradley's there. Well, yeah, well, clearly, they don't, they don't need anyone else if Bradley's there. <laughs> as, long as long as one of you blokes keep Joy occupied, just for 10 minutes, that's all. Is that all the time you need, Brad? <laughs> yep. It's amazing how much you can buy in 10 minutes, mate. <laughs> and yet it still only costs $20. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, the question wasn't intended as uh, a bash through session. It was, the, it was no. what you as a fan would like to do if you, if you have the keys to the kingdom. So, Jermaine, while uh, Mikhail's not here at the moment, you're probably the one with the most familiarity of the Phantom End series. What would you do if you were at the Eggmont office for the day? Okay, well, I've, I've, got this, I've got this idea and I've floated it with some people and it's got its problems um, and it's not perfect. But what I would do is instead of having two creator teams, so Team Phantom Man creating their own stories and then Fruit creating their own stories and using the same creators a lot of the time, is that you have one creative team. And then that way you cut the costs in a sense, in half, both you know, both can share the costs. So, which means the budgets is lower. And then now, there's got there's problems with that in the sense that Sweden and Fru readers have different tastes and different, um, and the fans have different what they like and stuff like that. So, so there's problems with the idea. I'm aware of that, but I think that could help create to lower the budget if both companies kind of share the budget and put their resources together to create one team rather than having two creative teams. My question is, would my fruit crew badge have reciprocity at the Phantom Man office or would I be turned away? <laughs> what, your, your fruit crew badge or your script? Yeah. The fruit, the fruit crew badge. <laughs> Would I be allowed in, or am I kicking? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I'll put up my hand to be on the editing team for that, and um, so you know, that's, uh, you know, I can't take bribes. <laughs> <laughs> no one else would get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I th well, I think the um, your idea has so much merit, Jermaine, that they've actually been doing it since 1936. There is an independent <laughs> um, creative team um, that produces <laughs> stories for all of the comics around the world, and um, they're based in America, yeah, in New York, at the moment. It's starting to fall and Mike Manley. And some would say they do the best job. <laughs> some would. Some would. <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone else have anything to uh, <laughs> input? Oh, 
or should we um have we got any i don't think we've got any other questions anyone else got anything they want to add to that last discussion i just hope through they are live and yep. whatever they do i'm happy because i'm still getting a fan of comic in australia yeah and, and i can read it and so whatever through do i'm happy with i just don't I've, i get concerned that they're knocking themselves out to to do it that's all yeah and and i think that's a a great point um that i guess that through and Egmont are still producing comics and which allows us to be able to read comics because we all there's heaps of characters out there that don't that don't have comic books and stuff like that so um yeah so it's a very good point um very good point bradley but um what we might do is if anyone unless anyone's got anything else to add we might begin to start wrapping it up um so has anyone got anything that they want to quickly add before we look to wrap it up? No, I can't remember who suggested it, but let's do this again on um, the third Saturday in June. Well, I, I'm a fan of that and I'd like to explore um, maybe even having an auction um, on that night. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's still some ways that we can we can raise some funds for that. We certainly want to explore that. We, we also want to consult with Richard and Antonio um, to to, Dio, to see if there's a way we can link in with them as well. So yeah, it, we it's have, a great idea. This has worked well, and, and I think it's worth replicating. Yeah, and we have briefly mentioned it as well. This was kind of a bit of a to test the waters as well. Mm. Uh, Chris, I saw you raise your hand. Sorry. Yeah, just before we wrap up there, Chris. Yeah. Tell us what Bradley said. All right. Well, it sounds like it's a good idea then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you agree? Hey, Chris. Wait, we, Chris? Only, we only get to see each other normally once a year, all of us. We have a fantastic weekend every day. So if we could do this where we can see each other and uh, say good day, um, it wasn't too hard to organise. Of course, we're going to have to start earlier than bloody nine o'clock because some of us are struggling to start away. I'm you impressed we've still got Stephen yeah. with us, to be honest. Hey, yeah. Uh, wait, Chris. <laughs> you guys Chris? are just caught up. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> Chris, before we go... Can you show us that South African comic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you got a handy, Chris? Might as well. For, and for those who are listening to the podcast, you I might want to jump on to the Is Chris got a South African comic? <laughs> what well, is going to get it? And to answer uh, Dan about me staying awake, um, I did mention to my wife that we're doing the podcast today. And um, I told her what time we're doing. Oh, that's early. So it's not my fault. It's usually we're about to get started around about this time. And now we're about to <laughs> That is true. It's, it's nice that Daylight Savings has caught, caught back up with the rest of the world. Uh, Stephen, you've come back closer to where we're at. Oh, that looked like Mikhail came back. Mikhail, just in time. Except, Dan, we're in the future. We've come back to you. You've caught up with us. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're with us, Emma Cow? No. Yes. We're waiting for the audio. Yeah. Joe, I think we're getting a little bit of feedback from your end. Okay. Sorry. All good. All good. 
Well, what, yeah, is that? Just, what are you showing us? For those, just for those of us who just, are listening to the podcast, what are you holding there, Chris? This would be a South African Phantom comic. Have you ever seen one of these? <laughs> I've never seen a South African Phantom comic. I've never really known they've existed, to tell you the truth. It hasn't really worried me that much. I've seen lots of people hold it, but not ever Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> is it in English or is it in Afrikaans? It's in English. Yeah. And Rip Kirby is the other person on the front cover. Yeah. I might have a couple of those lying around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikkel, are you still with <laughs> We were just wondering... Um, before we wrap up, you kind of disappeared for a little bit. We're going to ask you a question. If you were in charge of Phantom Men for a day, what would you do? For uh, Phantom Men comic? Yeah. Uh, I would uh, start trying to get them to do a live-action TV series with uh, mm. King Features. But, yeah, the comic book, I mean, I really like what uh, what, what you did when you... In back in, I mean, Fru did with the re release of the Colored Daily. Uh, I would like us to do something like that, the, the newly Colored Daily that Ivan did. I think that looks great. And I would also want them to take a bit of risks and maybe put in some old, like the UK comics and the uh, Fender of the Earth comics and maybe put in some, some weird stuff like the second episode instead of having reprints. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Dan and Steve, you got anything you want to add in before we uh, quickly wrap up? No, no, I'm sure you'll cover this, but just thank you to all of these um, beautiful people who have supported the podcast and the website for many years, you know, whether it's Joe who started the whole thing and, or everyone who's contributed a, do a dollar through Patreon and um, the, the support that you give us, um, whether it's a, an email or a message from time to time just to say, you know, I enjoyed that and it's been going well or, or whatever it is. Um, thank you very much, guys. I'm really pleased that we were able to get you on board for the 150th episode. And, um, yeah, again, thanks very much um, for, for appreciating what we do, which is just out of, out of a bit of love. So thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. I can't, I can't say any better, better than what Dan has just put forward there. Except uh, before we go, Chris, do you mind if we actually use that image of you holding the, the South African <laughs> as a new Chronicle Chamber banner or, or you know, logo? Um, <laughs> I think they'll, they'll touch a lot of people just the right way and they'll know what we're all about. Jermaine has received probably 37 photos of me <laughs> and, and someone else holding that comic. <laughs> Chris, would you be against Chronicle Chamber t-shirts with the picture of the South African comic <laughs> on the back? <laughs> oh, we're, we're totally going to do that now. <laughs> we'll have to at least do it as a sticker, I reckon. <laughs> Awesome. Um, but no, um, I like most of you. Um, <laughs> He's going to cry himself to sleep tonight. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, guys, um, just echoing what Dan said, uh, you guys, the fans, the friendships that we create through the Phantom and the stories and all that. That's what makes The Phantom so special is that we have people from different continents. We have people from Australia. We have people from, uh, you know, Europe and Asia and stuff, just with the 15 of us right here. 
And we've got relationships and friendships, and that's because of the Phantom. Um, and it draws us together. And you know, we come from different backgrounds. We have different political views, different football teams, and and we probably <laughs> don't agree on much other stuff. Um, but you know, we do agree on the Phantom. We all love the Phantom. Um, you know, we put our hard-earned cash on the Phantom. You guys, you know, donate some of your money, to, which helps <laughs> us to be able to do stuff. So we really appreciate everything that you uh, do for us. Uh, for our listeners, we thank you for listening to us for 150-plus podcasts. Um, you guys, you know, there's probably 300-odd of, odd of you that uh, listen to our podcast at any given time. Uh, a huge shout out to you guys, everyone who follows us on Facebook and on uh, the website um, and everything else like that as well. Um, it's really, really, uh, really, really means a lot to us. So as as we do that, we just do our outro. So um, if you want to know more about the Patreon, uh, you can find out all about that on our website. It's up if you go onto our main website. It is all up in there. Um, our website is chroniclechamber.com. Uh, if you want to email us or you've got some questions, podcast chats, or you want to give us feedback on anything, uh, several ways you can do that is via uh, email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, you can do it via our social media pages, which is on Facebook, which is chroniclechamber.com, on Twitter, which is at chroniclechamber.com, Instagram, which is at Chronicle Chamber. And of course, you can s subscribe to us on our iTunes or if you are an Android user, there's various other podcast apps that will allow you to be able to get all our podcasts directed to your, whether it's your smartphone or, or, or device. And if that doesn't work, you can always go to our website, chroniclechamber.com, and you can find our um, podcast links there as well. Now, this will be a video as well as an audio. Most of our podcasts are like that as well. So if you want to see the faces of some of our Patreons as they talk about it, or Chris holding the... Uh, yeah, that. Um, all <laughs> collections, you can um, watch the video as well. Um, so uh, I guess for myself and from the guys, happy phantoming and... Um, Thank you. Can we can we get a fifteen way happy phantoming on oh, the count yeah. of three? One, two, three. Happy, happy phantoming. phantoming. <laughs> Smooth. Awesome. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy. Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe That this man cannot die The Phantom The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom He finds